Hello, and welcome to episode 132 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is most of them, and talk about the good, the bad, and the tragic. This week we're going to be talking about Point Break on your 100% Pure Adrenaline podcast. I'm Mandy Kay, and when I'm not watching 90s heartthrobs on my TV screen, you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay. And I'm Matthew Vose. I've got an exciting announcement for you after the intro music. Cue intro music. <laughs> and it's really bad. I cannot remember our intro music because we do the same joke on across the hour of us. Like, intro music. Dun, dun, dun. No, that's not right. <laughs> like, I really wish I could go like plinky plonky piano music. I can't remember how it goes. I've listened to it like a hundred times. Yeah, ours is that weird like French accordion music. Mm, it's cool. Kind like of. it's great music. I'm probably going to leave this with us talking over the top of our intro music. Oh, good lord! <laughs> so exciting announcements. We have many exciting announcements. Welcome to Keanu Reeves Month. It's Keanu Reeves Month, you guys. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. We, re- I, I think you realised we had a lot of Keanu films on the list, and. It would be quite cool to actually just watch a load of them. Yes. Plus, it's like Keanu Renaissance right now. Keanu-sance? Keanu Reeves-sance. There we go. <laughs> and it's re- is it annoying? Is it good? Like, the, the gushing o- over here, the release of um, Always Be My Maybe and mm-hmm. his appearance at E3 came like three, four weeks after we decided about Keanu Reeves months. And then we were yes. like... Okay, it's very cool that we've decided to do this. I really wish we'd done it even sooner. Right, because now everybody thinks yeah. that we did it because of that. But guys, we schedule this stuff months ahead. Right. <laughs> yeah. The feeling of, of being there, of walking the streets of the future, is really going to be breathtaking. You're breathtaking. <laughs> You're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. All right, all right, all right. So I guess I got to finish this. So tell me. So very exciting. Keanu Reeves month. I love Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is awesome. We are releasing this day early in honor of the great man himself. Happy birthday, Mr. Reeves. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, You're probably waiting for me to say happy birthday, too. And I completely failed on that. Happy birthday. To- God, it's a dirge, isn't it? When you get yeah. everyone together singing happy birthday, it just becomes this sort of funereal thing. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, Ted, Neo, John, whatever you want to call him, Keanu, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Reeves. Uh, the an exci- other exciting announcement that I wanted to get into is we're going to do a giveaway. Yay! We have some exciting merch for all our shows. For Eloquent Gushing as a network, you always hear us reference Eloquent Gushing. That's our network that we run that allows us to uh, use the same sites, hosting, social media. It's highly efficient and it allows us to market things very nicely. So, what merch have we got? What swag have we got, Mandy? We have a pop culturally deprived coaster. And if this was video, I would totally hold it up so you guys could see it. (laughs) We have some show-specific stickers, and we have an Eloquent Gushing Magnet. (laughs) So five lucky winners will get all of those things. So what do you have to do to enter? We've got a few different options for you. Uh, We like recommendations, and we like reviews. So you can recommend on social media our shows. You can use the hashtags. Hashtag PC Deprived for this show. Hashtag ATAV for Across the Arrowverse. Hashtag SF Pop for Southern Fried Pop Culture. Hashtag Worth the Calories for Worth the Calories. And at Desire Made Real for Desire Made Real. It is at Desire Made Real, isn't it? It is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes. Good, good, good. So if you tweet at a person, if you tweet at all of your followers saying, I listen to this show and it's amazing, use one of the hashtags. You can do five tweets. One for each show, and we'll enter you five times. You can also review our shows. So Apple Podcasts is a great place to review, but your review site of preference, send us some sort of image, screenshot, way of showing that you have reviewed us. Again, one per show. Go and listen to the shows. Go and review. Positive reviews are preferred, but you know. 
<laughs> we are not censoring our reviews. Absolutely. No, send us something. Send us a tweet with a screenshot. Send us an email, podcast at eloquentgoshing.com. Find a way to send it to us. We will also enter you five times, up to five times for each review you drop down for each show. Yes. Does that make sense? I mean, there's a lot of ways to enter, but there's 10 in total. I think it makes perfect sense. Okay, good, good, good. But that's because we came up with it together, so. <laughs> Does the explaining of it make sense? No one knows, and we will find out in like a year when this comes out. Right. <laughs> um, we are going to give you two weeks to do so. So we'll mention this on next week's episodes and the episodes of the other shows that are coming out during that time. Please go and try to review and tweet and then in the ne- in two weeks time we will pick some winners randomly from all the people who've entered and we'll get in touch with you and ship you out some exciting swag Yay. i have to say it that way swag swag oh my voice doesn't quite get so <laughs> sultry like yours does so keanu reeves keanu That's reeves the exciting thing um I think we should do this up top. I want to, we, you know, normally we're quite deep into the show where we start talking about the actors and things we're watching. Mm-hmm. I think we should have a chat about Mr. Reeves here so that we can refer back to it on future episodes. So, absolutely. We've talked about him before on the show because he is a very prolific actor of some mm-hmm. very good films. What's your experience of Keanu Reeves? Well, obviously, we have talked about him on the show. Like you just said, we've done um, both Bill and Ted's, and he was on Parenthood. So. That's a pretty good introduction to Keanu Reeves, I think, mm. sort of. Um, previously, I I love Keanu Reeves. I mean, not so much because of what I've seen him in, because I was surprised looking at the list that there really aren't that many things that I've seen. Um, like his action stuff, Speed, and The Matrix. And I didn't see all of The Matrixes. Matrices. Matrices. <laughs> Matrices, yeah. I think I saw the first one and the second one. I don't think I ever finished it out. Oh, um, okay. But I've actually seen more of his, like, rom-com. Mm-hmm. Well, not com, because he doesn't tend to do comedy romantic style. Drama. But like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, romantic drama, absolutely. Um, a Walk in the Clouds is a movie I absolutely adore. Okay. Um, the Lake House, I also absolutely adore. Those two tend to come up when I talk about some of my favorite, like, romance movies. Okay. Not in the romantic comedy genre, because we've talked about those, but um, those are both really good, and I think they both make me cry. Is is The Lake House the kind of time travel one? Yes, okay. with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Also, who he was with on Speed. Hmm. I've not seen it. I, I, the, because it's time travel, it makes you go, ah, I wonder. It's not actually time travel. Like, the people don't time travel. No, yeah. Just their letters, because it's a special um, mailbox. Yeah, because there's that and Time Traveler's Wife that came out. Same sort of time, I think. Which does oh. a similar sort of idea. The Time Traveler's Wife was terrible. Oh, okay. Right, fine. Cool. The book was great. The movie was terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, I've also seen Keanu Reeves in Sweet November, which is a terrible movie. I mean, it's not a terrible movie. It's a good movie, but it does not have a happy ending. Oh. And I don't like movies without happy no, endings. No, yeah, that won't go down very well, no. Um, and then he was in Something's Gotta Give, but I almost forgot about that because I just remember that that's Jack Nicholson in a really random, like, rom-com movie. And then, surprise, Keanu Reeves. Mm. So that's all, honestly. I was, I thought it was going to be more, but it's not. I feel like I watched something recently that said this film ends the way Something's Gotta Give should have ended. Because I think the choice in Something's Gotta Give is like, I don't remember yeah, the end no. of Something's okay. Gotta Give. Okay. And, 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 like, this is part of the reason why we were able to do Keanu Reeves Month, because you have not seen... You know, he's been in some big, big films. Mm-hmm. Um, you have not seen most of them. Correct. But he is someone who has had a prolific career at the top of his game for many years. Mm-hmm. Like, he has been in AAA sort of titles. And the last 10 years, particularly, he's just knocked out some great stuff. And, and some really good varying stuff. Um, I watched The Neon Demon the other day, where he, you know, he's a, a small character in that, but shady as hell, and he's interesting See, I still haven't seen that. I've never heard of that. I'm not sure it's for you. I'm really not <laughs> sure it's for you. <laughs> it's okay. weird, and Fair it's enough. disturbing. Um, but The Matrix, yeah, The Matrix. The Matrix is an incredibly important film for me. I, I would, mm-hmm. The Matrix is my Star Wars, and like, I love Star Wars. 
But The Matrix Great, is okay. the, like, oh, my word, this is what film can be. I don't um, think I knew that you felt quite that way about it. Yeah, I can. I, and, like, I think it is really part of the thing that it came out the same summer. Because it came out in the summer over here, whereas over there it came out, like, April. Um, mm. But it was the summer that also had Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And it had uh, The Mummy. Neither of which are terrible. You know, they have good things in them, but they are incredibly classic style action films in the Indiana Mm -hmm. Jones Star Wars mold. And The Matrix is an action film in a completely different mold and and does stuff that you haven't seen before and does does stuff bringing together manga and cyberpunk and, you know, different genres that I am very excited by anyway in an incredibly wonderful, watchable film with some great performances. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm going to try and do some stuff on Patreon for the Matrix this year because it's 20 years. We're doing Keanu Reeves month, so I need to do some stuff for the Matrix. I love all three of them. I love the video game. I love the Animatrix, the end of the Matrix, all of it. So you like the last Matrix? Mm. They got like really terrible reviews and stuff. Yeah, I will defend it. It does some really good stuff. Okay, there is there is a, awesome. a two scenes really close together but juxtaposed are oh, just this is everything this franchise is about. And, oh, wow. and, and it okay. does so, them so well. So, What you're telling me is I need to rewatch the first two and then finally watch the last one. Yeah. Perhaps we'll do that okay. as a little bonus if we chat about that at some point. Because okay. I get to talk about All the right. Matrix. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But, so what are we doing for Keanu Reeves Month? What are the films we're watching? Um, That's a really good question. Uh, This one, Point Break, and The Devil's Advocate, and Constantine, and... John Wick. Mm. That's the big one that I'm excited about. And then we're going to round out with a vampire movie, Dracula, to start October Vampire Month. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of going through his sort of different stages of his career. You know, this was becoming big, big megastar. Um, mm-hmm. Devil's Advocate, you know, he's in, in a big film against Al Pacino. So, mm-hmm. so you've got to be top of your game for to be getting that sort of casting. Constantine continuing to do slightly weird genre films. Um, and then into John Wick, which is his return to super superstardom, um, which is you know, that's what they say. Two sequels plus a fourth one coming, this kind of thing, and then back to Dracula. I'm excited about John Wick mm. um, because when John Wick three, I honestly okay. So when it came out, we're going to talk about this when we get there. Okay, but um, when it came out, I action movie. Why do I care? I don't want to watch those things. And this year, John Wick 3 came out, and so it put the first one back on my radar, and Joseph wanted to go see it so bad. And I was like, I can't go see it because I haven't seen the first two, and I can't watch them because I have to do them for the show. And he got so frustrated (laughs) with me. (laughs) So, we will come back to that in a couple weeks, but I just had to share that story now. Yeah, John Wick, I wasn't intending to see either. It was like, oh. And then just people kept talking about it. A bit like Mad Max Fury Road. The trailers did not okay. do that any justice. I think John Wick was a bit the same. But then there was just this discussion about it of like, oh, it's something different. We'll, we'll, we will talk about it when we get there. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Back to Point Break. Point Break. How come, because you do like Keanu, you liked Keanu before we started watching him on the show. So how come you've never watched Keanu in 90s extreme sports movie? Uh, extreme sports really um <laughs> i did not know this movie existed until recently um i i can't remember exactly when i found out about it but it was a couple months ago and i discovered there was a movie that had keanu reeves patrick swayze and Lori petty in it and i didn't know it existed like what um so yeah okay that's why we're doing it now. How come you've not heard of this? That's crazy. I have no idea. I'd never heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Surfing, skydiving, those are extreme sports. Okay, that's fair, so but the movie's not actually about surfing or skydiving. No. Uh, okay, so uh, we can almost do a conversation about this, but I'm not sure there is much conversation. It's one of those things that when you notice it, it's there. There is suddenly this point in the 80s where everyone goes... Oh, putting extreme sports in your film is a fairly cool action sequence and pretty easy to do. And every film suddenly features it. There Mm. is a bit in The Lord of the Rings (laughs) where Legolas surfs, skateboards, whatever, on the back of a shield down some stairs taking out some dudes. Yes, And then you watch it and you're like, oh, and then Tarzan does it. Oh, and there's a bit in The Lion King that does it. Oh, and there's a bit that... It it just suddenly becomes prevalent. And once you see it, you're like, oh, there's an extreme sports moment. Cool, thanks. (laughs) 
Okay. But at the same time, the 90s was very good for films like this. James Bond did it. It did all surf sequences. There was a Christian Slater movie. I almost said Christian Bale. Christian Slater movie called Gleaming the Cube, which is yes. a an LA-based swimming mm-hmm. pool skater movie that's amazing that's just... It's got the phrase gleaming the cube in it, which means nothing. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing, but it's a wonderful line. Like, gleaming the cube, man. What does okay. that even mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with that movie because my brother used to watch it obsessively, nice. but I can't tell you anything about it other than it's about skating, mm. skateboarding. Yeah, That's all uh, and it's got this whole kind of revenge, action sports, taking revenge on people thing. Um, remembering, of course, that hackers had a skateboard in it. It's about computer hackers. Why would it not have a skateboard in it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So we've teased a little bit that there's some extreme sports in this. Why don't you tell us what Point Break is all about? I think Matthew's going to challenge me on this, but... I think Keanu he's got Reeves... spoilers in this, is what I think, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are not a spoiler-free podcast, That's That's so... Fair. Um, Keanu Reeves learns to surf to catch a bank robber. He befriends Patrick Swayze, who turns out to be the bank robber, and ultimately he lets the bank robber go at the end. Yeah. It's yeah. True. Yeah. He it's learns true. to surf okay. to catch a bank robber. Mm-hmm. Why did you think I was going to challenge you on that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I just did. Okay. Uh, better background to this film. Point Break is a 1991 action film. It was directed by Catherine Bigelow and stars Man of the Month, Keanu Reeves, alongside Patrick Swayze, Laurie Petty and Gary Busey. The film would gross $83.5 million against its $24 million budget and opened in a busy summer season just one week after Terminator 2. The film was originally in development in 1986 with Matthew Broderick, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer and Charlie Sheen all considered for the lead role. That production fell through, so the producers looked for alternate directors, and the executive producer James Cameron recommended his wife, Catherine Bigelow. The main cast all went underwent surfing and skydiving training. Patrick Swayze cracked four ribs learning to surf and ended up making 55 jumps from planes after refusing to use a stunt double. The critics were generally positive. They called out the direction and Reeves' performance as particularly good. There was a great line from Hal Hal Henson in the Washington Post who says, A lot of what Bigelow puts up on screen bypasses the brain altogether, plugging directly into our viscera, our gut. There was a remake of Point, Point Break released in 2015. The reviews were not good. Hmm. I ain't seen it. I ain't going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then how did you see this one? Uh, I had to buy this on DVD. It's oh, no. not on streaming services at the moment. I suspect it's one that will come around on TV and streaming fairly okay. regularly. How did you watch it? It is actually on Hulu here. But I think Hulu is only available in America, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not a service over here, sadly. Mm. Okay. Um, Catherine Bigelow uh, directed this. As I say, it also has Patrick Swayze, Gary Busey, and Louis Petty. What is your experience of them? Catherine Bigelow, I know her name, and I only know her name because she did Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker, Mm -hmm. neither of which I've actually seen, Okay, but I know enough about them to know their titles and that she was tied to them. Yeah. She she is the exception that proves the rule about female directors in Hollywood. She has clearly been working a very long time, doing a lot Mm -hmm. of films, some big. She's had a couple of opportunities. After this, she does one with... One of the finds called Strange Days, a kind of cyberpunk dystopia thing. Um, She does a submarine film with Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford called K-19, The Widowmaker, um, with Mm. some great Russian accents in it, which is very much in in her thing. So she's had opportunities, but nothing's ever quite hit. And then, yeah, you're absolutely right. She does The Hurt Locker. She becomes the fourth woman nominated for Best, uh, Best Director at the Academy Awards and the first one to win it. And mm-hmm. she actually won the Academy Award for that. Then she does Zero Dark Thirty, which gets lots of praise. And then she does Detroit. And I think she might even have had one since then. She is very good at intense action. Uh, intense action, actually, I probably should say. <laughs> um, you know, very claustrophobic, very in-your-face sort of thing. So a submarine film, Detroit, that is pretty much set in one small, almost one corridor of a hotel. Um hmm. Yeah, she's really good at that kind of thing. And The Hurt Locker definitely carried that through because it was all about the extreme stress of people in uh, war situations diffusing bombs. Okay. And it's wonderful. It's worth seeing. 
I mean, she does seem to be a great director. Yeah. Even though this is now the only thing I've actually seen that she's done. It was directed very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, I think the only movie I've actually seen is Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, which is not the film. <laughs> uh, no, I know. But that's Absolutely. that's what I think of um, when I think of Patrick Swayze is Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner. So you've not seen Ghost or Tu Wong Fu? Oh, crap. I have seen Ghost. Okay. I forgot about that. Yes, I have seen Ghost. I have not seen Tu Wong Fu. Oh, interesting. Okay. I've also not seen Roadhouse. Okay. I'm not sure if I've seen Roadhouse. I probably have. Um, yeah, Tu Wong Fu is a good film. Uh, that might okay. be one we, we have to cover at some point. Okay. Okay. Keep it. We can add it to the list. Um, Lori Petty, A League of Their Own, is where I primarily know her from. Okay. Um, I know she was Tank Girl, but I never saw Tank Girl. Mm. And she has recently popped back up in Orange is the New Black. Yeah, she was very good in that. Mm -hmm. Particularly enjoyed that. And then Gary Busey. I recognize his name and his face, but his filmography is so all over the place and so (laughs) out there. I've seen none of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He, he must. There's a few actors of a similar sort of vein. Him, Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Oldman, who play these slightly wacky, slightly intense and emotional kind of characters. And I feel like mm-hmm. they probably all cycle around, but there's a couple above him in the pecking order, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were a few things in his filmography where it was like a big name movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I've seen that, so I should know him. But then I looked at the character he played and it was like Janitor or <laughs> Night Guard yeah. or, or something. You know, it was clearly he was just there to do a small scene somewhere. Okay. Um, but I hadn't seen any of his bigger roles. He did a lot of TV, so I've probably seen him like on Law and Order somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I and I don't know why I know his face, but I well, do. He has a very distinctive face. Um, yes. I primarily know him from a Bowling for Soup song, where they have a song called "Come Back to Texas." Come back to Texas. Um, okay. And it ends with them singing about all the things in Texas that miss their ex-girlfriend who has moved away. Um, and, and they're like, the Dallas Morning News wants you back. Gary Busey wants you back. Bobby want you back. <laughs> the Aggies want you back. Gary Busey wants you back. Walter Cronkite wants you back. Judge Roy Bean wants you back. Tim Duncan wants you back. Okay. And that's like the main reference. If someone says Gary Busey, that song just straight in my head. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> All right. You're not a big Bowling Soup fan? No, I don't know any of their songs. No. Um, most people aren't, would you believe? Experience of similar material. We could go extreme sports on this, but there's a few things that stood out to me, particularly that kind of criminal cop undercover thing. So the Fast and the Furious, Bad Boys, Lethal Weapon... Um, are these films you're aware of, you've seen, you've had experience of? I'm aware of all of them. Mm-hmm. They're such big movies that I've, I have to be aware of them at the very least. Um, Bad Boys and Lethal Weapon, I think, are both on the list. Ah, okay, right. Um, I have seen the first Fast and the Furious, but I honestly don't remember anything about it. Oh, okay. I know Paul Walker was in it, Vin Diesel was in it, and there were cars. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that sums it up, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it is basically this film, but take away surfing and put in driving cars fast. Okay. Basically. So I have a similar movie that I think might be controversial. Cool. This movie reminded me of Heat. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm, yeah. I really thought you would not agree with that. I think the chase sequence particularly mm-hmm. um, is very reminiscent of that, the the showdown in the middle of Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, in the street after the bank robbery, and obviously, you know, it's after a bank robbery and all that. But right, well, and even the end, mm. I think, um, because I remember with Heat, I genuinely wanted both to win, and I didn't know who was going to come out of it. Like, was he going to capture the bank robber, or was the cop going to get shot? Yeah. And while I I never really questioned that here, there were moments where I questioned whether Keanu was actually going to let him go or not. Mm-hmm. Um, even before we got to the end, like when they were skydiving and all that stuff. Um, but even at the end when he just decides to walk away, it had such a similar vibe to the relationship that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino had in Heat. Okay. Okay. We're going to loop back to that in a second because I really like that comparison. 
and I really like okay. what we can, how we can compare it. Um, okay. Just to say, because we've mentioned it, so I get to mention it. Bad Boys, one of the first DVDs I bought. When I got a DVD okay. player, I bought three DVDs. I bought because it was a three for forty pounds offer. God, they were expensive. Uh, I bought Swingers. Mm-hmm. I bought The Matrix because The Matrix, and I bought Bad Boys. And okay. we went home. We were watching stuff. I think it was Bad Boys. I was watching, and like one of my housemates came up. She was like, "I thought there was thunder, and it turns out it's the gunplay in your movie from your speakers." Oh. And we will end up just sat in my room watching Bad Boys in the Matrix in on DVD because we'd never seen DVDs before. Oh wow! Yay! For and do you still own all three of those? Uh probably not. Because mm. the Matrix, I then upgraded to the box set mm-hmm. when the trilogy came out, and then I upgraded that of to course. the HD DVD box set. Pour one out for HD DVD. <laughs> so, Point Break. Did you enjoy watching Point Break? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if the movie that I'm comparing it to is Heat, and Heat is a movie I gushed about, then mm. I, I think it's clear to say or easy to say. I don't know. Um, I did enjoy it. It... Let me just tell you, this movie is not what I expected it to be. I was told this was a 90s surfing movie. Okay. <laughs> right. This ain't that. No. I had no idea what I was in for when I sat down to watch this movie. Um, if you read my thoughts, Doc, I think I came in at 116, which is one of the longer that yeah, we've I done. Think so. Um, it, I had a lot to say while, we, while I was watching it. I was engaged. I was all in. I was curious about what was going on. Um, it, it kept me like it got me from the beginning and it kept me in. Okay. So yes, absolutely enjoyed it. In comparing it to heat, let, let's sort of keep heat on the table as a com- comparison. Okay. What about this? Did you enjoy? Cause as much as yes, thematically we can compare it to heat. This is a very different film. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a much more accessible, uh, film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what it's about not this? like mobster mafia. Yeah, it's not. It's not deep. as intense. Uh, uh, there are characters here you can get behind heat. I'm not sure what particularly wanted you to get behind most mm-hmm. of the characters. So, what right. about this did you enjoy, or, or what was it in that you you were like, okay, this is good. I'm enjoying this. I think even just up front at the very beginning when we got introduced to Johnny Utah, um, he was introduced very quickly as somebody who is super serious about what he does Mm -hmm. but he has a sense of humor right so like up front we got comments like well i don't eat the skin on my chicken (laughs) you know and then you know the the asshole boss says something about how why are you here did you think we have a shortage of assholes and he walks away and he's like clearly not (laughs) um you know just little barbs like that right up front um i think helped get me interested in the movie and kind of understanding what was going on okay. um maybe not understanding what was going on but kind of understanding the vibe that they were setting up mm-hmm. right from the beginning that okay this is a crime movie but it's also kind of light spirited yeah i guess yeah definitely agree in that yeah you're not supposed to hold it too close to reality i think mm-hmm. H- heat is grounded and gritty and in in this world Mm-hmm. In Point Break, it's, oh, yeah, I'm really sad. I just wanted to see the ocean. Now teach me to surf. <gasps> of course I'll teach you to surf because sad story. <laughs> you know, we're not supposed yeah. to poke too closely at it. Right. Um, there were some intense moments in this, though. Yeah. I was pretty stressed out in a couple scenes. Okay. Um, we'll definitely like come to them. High action scenes, yeah. yeah. Um, let's just give a quick shout out John C. McGinley. Basically auditioning for his role in scrubs here <laughs> okay i still haven't seen scrubs okay th- this... like i knew he was the guy from scrubs and i think i've never seen him not yell in it when he plays something yeah. so uh it's just what he does yeah i'm sure i've seen him in stuff where it's like oh okay that, he's doing something different this is his character in scrubs very much and, okay. and you're, you're right that introduction to keanu's character where he is just taking everything they're throwing at him as the new guy them having to go at him all the time and sort of batting it back with equal mm-hmm. banter and confidence. Like, okay, this is a guy who knows how to fit in and knows he is kind of the best of the best at this point. So we're supposed to yeah. root for him. We're supposed to be on his side. Uh, and that's very similar to Heat. Al Pacino does the same sort of thing in Heat. Very mm-hmm. confident, in charge. He's the boss. He's going to go and get his man. The difference here is I don't think this film particularly wants us to like Patrick Swayze. 
at, at least not in the same way we liked Robert De Niro in Heat. Because okay, yeah, in that comparison, fair. I'm like, but I never felt like I was rooting for Patrick Swayze to get away. Right. I, I felt right. like he was a douche. And <laughs> with a, a really interesting worldview of like, yeah, it's us against the system, man, to show that our lifestyle is amazing. But we can only have that lifestyle if we steal from the system. Mm-hmm. So we want to live outside I the don't system, know. but we're leeching off it, it you know. I think everything that you need to know about Patrick Swayze's character can be summed up in one line that he had. She was my woman. We made time together. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I can root for a character who says things like that. No, so. absolutely. So so I, I think that's where the difference falls apart. They haven't quite set us up to go, oh, we want him to get away. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it's just a worldview thing. Like, had... I was really young when I saw this. I was like 12 or 13. So I don't think I rooted for him in that way. And, and again, it's Keanu, because you always root for Keanu. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's just the film is not aged in that philosophy very well. But at the time, maybe it stood out and was like, oh, that's that's a really strong thing. You know, coming out of the 80s into this, out of the yuppie, mm-hmm. make as much money as quick as you can era. Who knows? Well, I also feel like it's really hard to make a movie where Patrick Swayze is the the villain. Okay. Um, in inverted commas. <laughs> That's what you like to say. Um, and, and so I felt like with this movie, I couldn't decide if I loved Patrick Swayze in this role or hated him. Um, because I think the movie wasn't entirely clear on whether it wanted us to love him or hate him. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, that that is very fair. I don't think it ever went to a place of make you sympathetic to him. Maybe that's the difference. Yes, yes, and he had opportunity, particularly right after the skydiving scene, hmm. to be better. Yeah, he wanted us to think he was better. God, with that monologue about how he can't do violence, that's why Rosie has to do it because I could never hold a knife to Tyler's neck. <laughs> You know, like he gives this giant monologue and then all of a sudden he's threatening to shoot people. Yeah. And he actually, I think, does shoot at the, um, the undercover dude. Yeah. 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 So he he was not likable. I wanted him to be likable, but he wasn't. No. But I don't think that's a bad thing. He is a criminal. And if you've got criminals, you know, that shouldn't get away with it unless you're making a heist movie. And this is not a heist movie. We are in the point of view of a law enforcement character. So. Yeah. It's an interesting distinction. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Whereas, like, Fast and Furious, he that, that that's the point of undercover films, particularly he is integrated into that society. Mm-hmm. And, and he sees the value in that society. In here, Keanu Reeves serves so he can catch his man, but he's never drawn in and surfing is amazing and it's my life and i want to live surfing mm-hmm. so. i thought he was gonna go that way okay i did but that's not the direction they took it i like particularly that gary Busey is the one who's like i think they're surfers and here is i'm gonna t- talk you through step by step why i think this thing and that's then leads, leads them to surfers it is not all the exceptionalism of keanu reeves there's actually, the, you know, he's coming partway into an investigation. That's taking them in. And he's now the man who can take it to the next step. Mm. No. <laughs> I don't know. The the investigation part, like the FBI part of this movie, leaves a lot to be desired, okay. I think. I mean, nobody in the Bureau has paid attention to, what's his name? Alfredo? No, that's not his name. Busey's character. What is his name? Why do I think it's Alfredo? Angelo. Oh, my God. Angelo and Alfredo are not the same thing at all. Yeah, Agent Angelo. Like, he clearly has this theory that it's surfers, but he has no evidence, like nothing at all. And everybody else thinks that. You're right. He has some sand and he has some wax. And everybody else thinks he's a crackpot. So he has not, like, tried to investigate this further at all. All of a sudden, Keanu Reeves shows up and oh, we have this sand, so we're going to go cut, like, steal hair off of random people from random beaches. (laughs) And then we're going to know, like, where the bank robbers are. I don't know. It just felt like if it was something that Gary Busey had been working on for so long because it was a theory he believed in, Mm -hmm. he would have done a little bit more legwork beforehand. Maybe. 
I, I, I think I like the thing that someone finally believing him takes them on, takes them to the, the next stage. But I like okay. the... It's not just Keanu comes in and solves this case. Which would right. have been like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they all can do their jobs. And even the ones who are, you know, bantery assholes at them, even they support them in doing that raid and... They they have they are good at their jobs anyway. It's not that are they though? Because <laughs> do they not talk to each other? Because this was already there was already somebody undercover in this house. Yeah, I mean, D- yes, DEA? it was a different agency. Yeah, yeah. It was DEA because it was for the drugs. But do they not talk to each other? Not before two thousand and one, they didn't. Okay, in, in all fair. seriousness, like that was one of the findings, wasn't it? They didn't share information. Yeah, so. no, I think you're right. Okay, but didn't it seem like the um, the boss guy knew what was going on because he introduced them and he was like, "Yeah, he's been undercover, deep undercover." And oh, I assumed he'd just spoken to him in another room. Okay, like maybe like that. who knows? I mean, yeah, it is. It's a weird twist to take. Like the whole thing of it being the wrong gang, I get. But then for it to be that there was this other cop rather than just we didn't get our guys and we had to shoot some people. Like, it's almost unnecessary. Yes. Yeah. They want it. I think that they gave us that scene just so that we could have an up-close shot of somebody getting shot in the foot. <laughs> and a naked woman. And, somebody, and a naked woman and somebody getting shot in the head yeah. and then somebody almost having their face cut off by a lawnmower. Yeah. Like, that was literally, <laughs> I think, all about the violence. It had nothing to do with the plot. Mm. And and this is a sign why um, Catherine Bigelow is so good at this sort of tension in action, because mm-hmm. it's up close. You know, you you get to see everything. You get to see everything up close around corners and what people are doing. And there's very little, if any, music. So it is just tense and, and keeps you mm-hmm. there, which is not quite right for this film, I think. I, I think she directs it very well. But the film is also silly surfing bro right. dude stuff. I think if you read through my thoughts doc, you can tell I was confused at a lot of mm. points, but there was still a lot of like all caps, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what's happening right now. Um, yeah, there it was. There was a lot going on. So I don't have huge numbers of thoughts about this film, if I'm honest. Um, a little bit like when we watched Top, Top Gun, not Top Gear, Top Gun. It's just kind of a film to experience. You just watch it you're like, okay, I saw a guy go through a thing there. Wow. Like, none of it feels <laughs> real world, particularly. You know, right. I like some of that investigation stuff. But it's just, what's the ridiculousness? Again, like a Fast and the Furious type film. What's just the most ridiculous stuff we can put on screen? And the most mm-hmm. emotionally rewarding aspects of it? You know, he's a really good FBI agent, but he can't shoot this guy who might be his friend. So he's going to empty the whole clip into the air. You have failed this city. It's that kind (laughs) of. (laughs) Oh, craziness. Like, Mm. um, one, deciding to jump out of an airplane with a bunch of people who you just blew your cover with. They know who you are. You've never gone skydiving, never had lessons, and you're still going to do it. And then after you've only gone skydiving once, you are then going to chase him out of a plane without a parachute on. Amazing. Like, what? Amazing. This movie was bonkers. So you said that you were really stressed during the skydiving scenes, particularly. Was it one or the other or both? It was both. The first one, I couldn't figure out, like, how badly were they fucking with him about the parachute? (laughs) Because they kept, like, in the end, everybody's parachute got switched. And I was like, they planned this. One of them is not going to open. Like, I was certain one of those parachutes was not going to open. And then I was thinking, as they were falling, I was getting closer and closer to thinking that it was going to be one of the, one of Bodhi's guys. Not Bodhi, but one of his guys. Like, like, one of these parachutes has to fail. Otherwise, the scene doesn't make sense. (laughs) And then none of them failed. And I mean, they waited too long to pull the the cord, the rib cord. Mm. Like they would have all died. Like hitting the water that quickly right. from that. Yeah, no, that but, wouldn't have worked. And that's but, exactly why it's fairly fantastical. 
Yeah. You know? Um I love that. It's it's got a real sense of kind of Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. They talk about chasing the most extreme buzz rush, you know, what's the biggest adrenaline hit you can do. Um and that being something of it and I love that Keanu is like, well, you know, let's see what it I can get out of this as well. He's prepared mm-hmm. to go into it for the rush. And that's that just kind of it's just cool. It's completely not my world, completely not my view on things. So I've just experienced it and go, that was a film. And that was quite a fun film. But okay. I have no sense out of it of like, let's discuss the themes of, you know, male emotional openness and bonding between, <laughs> you know, the, the similarities of criminality and law enforcement. And no, okay. no, I don't think this film is reaching for any of that. It just wants to be fun. And I, I am prepared okay. to treat the film on its terms, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, they did give us a main character named Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. I'm sorry, is the worst name ever. Two states over from Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, that doesn't sound like a fake made up name at all. It's the most 80s hero sort of name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah love it's it. terrible. Um, and, and the movie took itself seriously about it, too, because I'm remembering the scene when he first goes out and tries to surf and she has to fish him out of the water. Yeah. And she, like, makes sure he's okay, and then she just, like, flounces back into the water and leaves him there. And he lifts his head up and shouts across the sand, hey, my name's Johnny Utah. And I'm like, wow, this movie actually thinks that's a good name. Yes. It's so weird. It's wonderful. So weird. Um, Speaking of not being rooted in reality. Okay. I read this quote um, from an FBI special agent guy who – he wrote a book in 2004 called Where the Money Is. He is the person that spent some time with Keanu Reeves as he was trying to kind of learn the ins and outs of being an FBI agent. And um, this guy, his name's William J. Rader, maybe? I don't know how you say that. Um, he said, unfortunately, none of those pointers came within a million miles of the finished film. <laughs> so it turns out life as an FBI agent isn't as exciting as Point Break makes it out to be, nor is it very accurate. And um, he said that Point Break was one of the dumbest bank robbery movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Because even that point of they're only ripping off what's in the tills, they're probably not getting that much. Between right. like four or five of them mm-hmm. with a lifestyle that means traveling the world, surfing, getting equipment. Yep. Yep. Did you, mm. by any chance, I sent you this link. Did you watch the YouTube video called, oh shit, what's it actually called? Everything Wrong with Point Break. I didn't. I, it's the one where they count up yeah, the sins I'm, in the movie. I'm not a huge fan of them. Because some of it, like okay. some of it, yeah are goofs or mistakes or things but some of it is just like oh this guy with this floppy fringe movie sin (laughs) like no no if you're going to tell me what's wrong with this film tell me what's wrong with this film hey look you can see this shadow of this vampire that you shouldn't be able to see you can see this reflection you can see this cameraman stuff like that okay the the whole everything that's wrong is just a let's make fun of bad movies no let's not make fun of bad movies I think they do a mix of the two. I, I, I um, agree. Because but... this one did point out a lot of the plot holes, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and some of the tropes, right. particularly around um, Lori Petty's character. Uh... Um, because we haven't talked about her at all. No. She had no purpose in this movie other than to be damseled. Mm-hmm. Is, she, is she a sexy lamb? She does teach him to surf. She does teach him how to surf, yes, but, but then, she's yeah. not the only person who could have taught him how to surf. No. Um, did you pick up on um, the scene where he's getting saved? She is saving him. Mm-hmm. We don't know who she is. We can't see her. We can't see her face. We can't see her body. We don't know if it's a guy or a girl who is saving him um, from impending death of drowning in the ocean. The movie cue, the music cue changed. Okay. And I instantly knew, oh, that's going to be a girl. Right, okay. Because it's turned, like, soft and flowy and melodic. Mm. And I was like, why are they giving this away? Like, one, why are they doing this? And two, why are they just, like, setting this up to be a romance before we've even seen the character's face? Yeah. And, and seen how right? they interact. And, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I wonder if that's either kind of, you know, youngish newbie director, because mm-hmm. she hadn't done a huge amount before this, or but it feels even more likely that's the sort of thing you change in posts after feedback. Someone watches it and goes, oh, we didn't quite get that, you know, this was the introduction mm. of a romance or something. We didn't quite get that that was the same character we then introduced to later, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, what can we do to change that? It's got that that's vibe fair. to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. I like her in this. I, I think what she's given to do isn't necessarily great, but she does it really well. You know, I agree. Laurie Petty is quite entrancing on screen. She's she's always quite like mm-hmm. vivacious and in people's face and uh, standing on her own. And I, I think it works for this character. Um, and it works in counterpoint to someone who's like, oh, she was my woman. Mm. Was she, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure she was, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about the idea that this feels a little bit like what would have happened if Ted had gone to law school. Yeah, there's a few mannerisms in there that really catch me out. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, it's, it, you can see it's still Keanu. Where when you watch him, and, and I think we'll see this as we go through, particularly when we get to John Wick, like he's a very different actor now. And you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of those things. But this, you can still see a lot of that performance there. Yeah. yeah so he he filmed this between the two movies, right? right. Yeah. Between so. the first and second Bill and Ted. So I think... It was still there, and and especially since they tried to have him have some of that surfer lingo, mm-hmm. which is very much how Ted Absolutely. spoke. It's it's hard not to make that yeah. like comparison, but it just felt like, especially since Ted ended up being a smarter than you expected him to be mm-hmm. in Bill and Ted. This really kind of felt like this could have been the next stage of his life. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I I'll tell you the thing that I found quite interesting, and I, I don't know whether why it's done this way so maybe you've got a thought the whole thing that he could have gone pro football mm-hmm. i think is a thing that he was a football man mm-hmm. playing in a football position hey, what the fuck is wrong with you what you think that's a little out of line whoa, whoa, whoa cool it roach don't you know who this is no i don't know who this is this is johnny utah the ohio state buckeyes all conference remember number nine man how you doing <laughs> nice oh, to meet yeah, you jesus Johnny fucking Utah, sorry, man. Didn't mean to get in your face. Man, I knew I knew you. It was the Rose Bowl. Three years ago, you beat SC, right? You? You did this. That was one hell of a game. <laughs> so I can't even remember what they said, to be honest with you, so I'm not going to be able to blag it. But but there's this whole thing. I'm like, oh, I know you. You're Johnny Utah. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting that it's not introduced and commented on until Patrick Swayze says it. Whereas I think, I feel like another film would have done something with John C. McGinley. Like, you used to be such a great football player and now you're not and you can't, you know, you can't quarterback this team, this kind of thing. Why do he they not did sit did actually, he, he did, mm. he hinted at it. I can't remember the okay. line now, but in one of his, like, he called him a quarterback uh. in one of his, okay. like, degrading lines at the beginning when he's trying to put him in his place as the new guy. Okay. He did call him a quarterback in a not good way uh, perhaps it's just not me picking up on it then because it's in the middle like just of him ranting so but mm. yeah okay yeah so i mean I'm, i don't think it's really good enough but in hindsight you can, you see, can it. see it being, being set up okay okay yeah because yeah it, it feels like it's kind of important mainly for that injury but it's sort of introduced once and then it's just remember he's got an injury yeah so I felt like when they talked about it, it was Chekhov's knee injury. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you are in my head now when I watch movies because I'm always thinking it of, like, Chekhov's blah, blah, blah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Holy due to you. If, if, you've, and then if it, you've got to hurt your knee in Act 3, you've got to show it injured in Act 1. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. So I knew um, as soon as he started chasing him on foot, I was like, this is going to end because his knee's going to yeah. get hurt. And that's exactly what it did. So you were very stressed during the skydiving scenes. Mm-hmm. I loved that second skydiving scene, and it okay, it, it was highly reminiscent of a moment from the last season of The Flash that I loved for exactly the same reason that okay. there was a moment where Iris jumps off a building just to save the Flash. She's like, and she just wow. goes, and it it makes no sense at the time. You're like, wait, what has she just done? And it's a bit the same in this, where he's just like. Ah, screw it! I'm going, and he just leaps, yeah. and it's it's wonderful. It's everything that I'm saying about like this film is just supposed to be experienced because it makes no sense. You wouldn't, James Bond wouldn't, Neo wouldn't, but but Point Break, Keanu, he jumps out of planes. Yeah, yes, <laughs> okay. 
Well, did you have anything in this movie that you would consider like a great performance, something that you that was memorable to you? Anything? I I, I think I just enjoy it. I I think that's the recommendation of this film. It's just like you come out of it going, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Not okay. going to stare too directly at it because and, and there were moments that were like, oh, okay, that's cool. You jumped out of a plane without a parachute. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give this one a rating on Twitter? Did you tweet about watching it? Well, yeah. Seven? Eight? I feel like it's a seven or an eight. Okay. You know, it's it's okay. not bad. It's good. It does some cool stuff. It's okay. just not to be looked at too closely. Let's have a look. Point break. Eight. I mean, it's not... You gave it an I eight. Okay. An eight. I mean, it's not some, like, intellectual cinematic masterpiece. No. It is entertainment. And, and I feel like maybe, yes, there is a discussion you can do about, like, what does this have to say about male relationships and male bonding and something along those lines. But I feel like that's all... I think all... you'd still be stretching. I, I, well, I feel it's all very surface level at best. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, men relate to each other through mutual violence and insults, which isn't true. Mm. But it is yeah. the way this film is showing it. It's showing that he finds more of a family in the criminals than he does in the law enforcement that he's committed to. So that's why he throws his badge away at the end. But I think it's all very surface stuff. And then, like you say, probably not actually true or not actually a thing. Right. Well, they didn't explore that relationship enough for us to really buy him not shooting Mm. Bodhi. You know? And and like the... it, It doesn't have any of the homoeroticism of a 300 or Top Gun. Because they never quite go right. to that place, like that they are, and I've seen people doing this take on it that there are things about Laurie Petty is actually fairly masculine, where Keanu Reeves himself is a bit effeminate, certainly in his looks and his styling mm. in this film. Okay, um, and Patrick Swayze in his Bond is much more of a relationship than that, and I, I see how you could find that in this. I don't think it necessarily exists. I don't think the film is savvy enough to do it. I think the right. film just wants you to enjoy your two hours. And and I did. So that's my favorite Good. thing, two hours of enjoyment. Okay. Uh, is there anything we've not touched on that, that was a, a particular standout for you? Um, there was one line that I really liked mm-hmm. um, from Angelo. He said this was after the first raid when they ended up yeah, yeah. killing half those people. Bleating with um, red hot chili peppers. Yes. <laughs> um, Angelo said to Keanu, when you got a the Last time you had a feeling I had to kill a guy. And I hate that. It looks bad on my report. <laughs> yeah. And it was nice. like not where you expected that line to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a nice twist, I-, I thought. And I remembered it. Yeah. And that's where you can possibly feel about like they're doing something about how these guys are a bit dead inside the law enforcement, whereas mm-hmm. the surfing guys are alive and in touch with the world and this kind of thing. But I don't think it wants to do that. I think it just wants to be silly and make silly jokes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think it is trying to be serious in a way, but it, it doesn't understand that way. Yeah. Like It doesn't know. This movie doesn't know what genre it's in. No? Yeah, that's fair. Like, we've watched a lot of movies lately that I think we've said that about mm. and... This one definitely has that same sort of feeling. Yeah. It's very frenetic. Yeah. Um, the foot chase scene between Keanu mm-hmm. and Bodhi um, was just incredible. I mean, the way it was shot and everything. And then I was reading about it afterwards, and it turns out that wasn't actually Patrick Swayze. Okay. That was his stunt double right. because he was in Europe promoting Ghost. Uh, okay. So he didn't get to film it. Uh, um, again, see, back to the Arrowverse season, uh, episode four of Supergirl. She, okay. she spends most of the, the episode, this is not a huge spoiler, she spends most of the episode in an Iron Man sort of suit because there's kryptonite in the air, so she has to wear a suit to cover it. Mm. And every so often you see the, the Robert Downey Jr. shot inside of her looking at this interface mm-hmm. and doing stuff. And then it goes back to seeing her fighting. And we, we when we were talking about that, we were like, it's a bit strange, isn't it? Let's have a look. She was in a show on Broadway for four months. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, and yet you, I, I, that's why you use masks and things. It works. I, yeah, the, yeah. The, the president's thing is very cool because I, I quite like they're all a different president. They're sort of trying mm-hmm. to have some of the mannerisms of it and some of the yeah. you know, famous lines from those um, from those presidents. That's quite fun. Right, yeah. yeah. I will say there is really nothing creepier, I think, than a dude wearing a Ronald Reagan mask 
through flames. <laughs> that was, I mean, the shot was set up beautifully, but it was creepy. Right. All right. So my last favorite thing, well, I am pulling a Matthew. Mm. Because one of your favorite lines from Twilight did not come from Twilight, but from the bad lip reading of Twilight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So one of my favorite lines is actually from that video I referenced earlier. Okay. The the bad things that, that Point Break did. Um, and it's that scene at the end of the foot chase where instead of shooting Patrick Swayze, he just like yells and shoots in the air. They called them friendship anger bullets. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty perfect. Yeah. Friendship anger bullets. So friendship anger bullets is now my new thing. I like it. So. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's a fun silly film yeah. yeah it was enjoyable i would absolutely watch it again mm. uh so is there anything else we need to discuss about point break there are two things okay um up top you mentioned there was a, a not a sequel yeah. but a reboot mm. um from 2015 you indicated that it got bad reviews yeah. and you weren't interested in watching Very it bad reviews yeah Okay. Our friend Sarah on Twitter at Not Sailing Alone, mm-hmm. she tweeted at me, do not watch the 2015. Okay. Seriously? <laughs> I thought you were going to go I with have... like, she said it was amazing and it's so like. <laughs> no, no. But I have to tell you, all of this very emphatic, don't do it, it's bad stuff has me very interested in it. Like, I don't even know who was in it, but I'm kind uh, of intrigued. Let's have a look. The director was Ericsson Core. No idea. Ericsson Core, that's an amazing name. Uh, Bodhi is Edgar Ramirez. Ramirez. Target. Ramirez. Um, who was in Bourne films? Oh, Zero Dark Thirty, and Wrath of the Titans. Well, well on him. And Johnny Utah is Luke Bracey, who was in no GI Joe Retaliation and Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, and Home and Away, so he must be Australian. He's Australian. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. All right. So it sounds like we're probably not going to watch the remake. I'm not intending to. Oh, there's also someone cast as young Johnny. Oh, it's got young stuff. Hmm. Oh, God, it's got Ray Winston in it. See, now you're getting interested. Yeah. Oh, no, not Ray Winston. No. No? No, That's a sign of a film to avoid, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) Okay, so that was your first thing. What is your second thing? Did you know there is a thing called Point Break Live? Live. Nice. What is it? <laughs> it is basically actors who perform the entire movie on stage, but there's a catch. A random audience member is chosen to play the part of Johnny Utah in every performance, and he has to use cue cards Cool for nice. his lines. Nice. Um, they do it in like Baltimore and D.C. and L.A. and New York. So it's a thing. Like There's a website. I think it's actually pointbreaklive.com. Right. And like Keanu Reeves has talked about it, Gary Busey has talked about it. Like they think it's this amazing thing. Um, so I'm, you know, I'd be interested to, to like watch it. Mm. I would not want to be Johnny Utah. <laughs> so um, that just I can I can see that the, the the scene I think at the end uh, where he's jumped out of the plane on without a, a parachute, and then they mm-hmm. end up like having a fight in the dust. His acting in that scene feels like that was the first scene they filmed. It's it's mm, just got that yes. sort of melodramatic, over the top, I've not quite settled into this yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in those moments, yes, I can see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. All right. And you get to do fake anger, bu- friendship anger bullets. Yes, nice. friendship anger yeah. bullets. So if you would like to join in the conversation, if you've done Point Break Live and you want to tell us about it, if you've seen Point Break Live and you want to tell us about it, you can use the hashtag PC Deprived on Twitter. Don't forget to use that to enter the giveaway competition that we're going to do. We'll mention it next week. You've only got a couple of weeks, so do that. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. You can email us if you want to send us a screenshot of the reviews you've done podcast at eloquentgushing.com and if you want to phone us and tell us the url for the reviews you've done <laughs> you can and i would encourage it because reasons you can leave a voice message on speakpipe.com slash eloquentgushing and pop culturally deprived is 100 percent funded by listeners just like you through our patreon page so any amount that you can give even a dollar a month will give you access to exclusive content and Maybe some swag in the future. Maybe. Oh, interesting. So to find out more, please visit patreon.com slash eloquentgushing and 
maybe there might be an announcement coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, hashtag exciting, hashtag announcements. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> we will be back next week with another episode where we are going to talk about Keanu Reeves' movie, The Devil's Advocate. So until next time, I'm Mandy Kay. And let me go out there and let me get one wave. Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.